Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's episode is a special one and different from the rest. Back in October of 2022, Moors of Fire lost one of our own, Captain Brian Scott Yon, who left a hole within the department. A few key players decided that they wanted to do something special in remembrance for the Yon family and decided to create a team of 12 of all fire personnel to take part in the Palmetto Relay 200 to raise money. This will be their story. Captain Jan started Recruit Class 001 back with me in 2007. Brian was an active volunteer with other surrounding departments and ultimately rose through the ranks within Morsel and became captain in May 2019. He had a strong knowledge on pumps and created our first ever driver operator series for individuals who were interested in not just becoming lever pullers, but to know the ins and outs of the pump panel and their respective apparatus. Captain Jan's last assignment was on Engine 4 C-Shift. At the time of his death, Brian left behind his wife and two children along with his Moors of Fire family. Today's episode is dedicated to the men and women of Moors of Fire that came up with the idea to run for Captain Jan. With me today, I have... Captain Russell Smith, Engineer Scott Hawk, Captain Jordan Dumford, and Senior Firefighter Justin Crabtree, who all took part in the run for Yon, and we're here to talk about who came up with the idea and their experiences. So with that, I'll leave it up to either Scott or uh, Captain Smith. So we uh, uh, we came up with this. <clears throat> it actually started way back. Uh, when Scott first started, I was still a driver and uh, kind of got him into running. We would uh, go running before shift or after shift. And it really kicked started his running journey, which then bled off onto others uh, that he's been with. Um, and I've actually done this event prior to uh, th- the one we just did through uh, F3. Um, it was an awesome journey to, to be able to uh, run and train with each individual that was part of the team. And once the other guys within the firehouse started uh, getting that interest in running, they were like, well, we should do this. We should do this. Well, it just never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after Captain Yon passed, the idea came up again, and, and we kind of decided – well, why not do this and make it a fundraiser for the family and, and try to show some support for them um, and, and run in his honor. So at that point, it, it just became something. And Scott, Scott took over this and really led the team um, and, and took it way further than probably any, any of us thought it would. Um, so Scott, if you wanna if you wanna take over as far as the journey, as far as all everything that you did to to get this going and and all the things that we involved um, to do what we were able to do at the end. Yeah. So uh, as Captain Smith talked about, he kind of got me into running and got the crazy side out of me. So I have to <laughs> thank him for that. Appreciate um, it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, 
came back, like as he said, after Captain Yon passed away, and he kind of approached Captain Ellison and I about doing this run. And then us three, you know, we were like, we run races all the time. Let's make it more meaningful, more purposeful, rather than just going to run the Palmetto 200. Let's go ahead and do it for a cause. Let's let's try and, you know, raise the money for the Yon family. And so it started pretty uh, with a lofty goal of $10,000. So we thought it was a lofty goal at the time. And my next thought was, I want this to stay in-house. I want Mooresville Fire and Mooresville Police Department involved in this um, because I know other runners. Cap Smith knows other runners. You know, we could have got in some, some other people, but we right. wanted to, to make it a family because that's what the fire service is. That's what we are at Mooresville Fire Rescue. So we really wanted it to be our fire and police family putting in this effort to earn this money. So from that point, it was honestly, this is the easiest part for me was recruiting people you know all i had to say was we're doing this for the yawn family and everybody jumped on board um, so there wasn't much recruiting for me i did have to convince a few people that they'd have to run a few more miles than uh, they wanted to but mm -hmm. that also wasn't very challenging you know like i had a conversation with crabtree after all of this and i i like to uh run my mouth as some of you guys know and i said you know i was talking a lot of junk to you and it made you faster and he said no the cause made me faster and he hmm. was doing that with so many miles. So I didn't have to do much in recruiting because of that, because of the cause. Um, so once I got the 12 people in on this, the logistics started. And that is what took a toll. I was fortunate that I brought some people in um, to help with logistics and kind of pawn some things off to help take the burden off of me. You know, because I, there's a lot that goes into these races that people don't think about. And this being my first time, I had to rely on Captain Smith on some of the logistical aspects because he's done this race before. Um, so things like getting vans, having nutrition involved in this, um, getting a place to stay. The night we got down to North Charleston, and there was a lot of logistics just for the runners. So I brought some people in to help kind of guide me in the right direction to make sure that I was hitting everything that I could possibly think of and they could possibly think of. Okay. And then once we got some of the logistical things and it was about fundraising, um, that was a little challenging at first trying to get the GoFundMe out there. And once we were able to kind of spread the word a little bit, the funding started to come in and I was very fortunate to have some connections along the way. And once the members of the community kind of found out about what we were doing, it made it easier on me to get some donations you know so we we got two race teams to donate two vans which saved us eleven hundred dollars we had uh an anonymous donor i can't really speak of who gave us the money for it but okay. they donated twenty five hundred dollars to the family and then they gave us twenty one hundred dollars to pay for our hotel rooms and the family's hotel rooms <clears> when <throat> we were down there awesome so the community really stepped up big time we had people um individual family members give money for food and we had companies like bear performance nutrition hoist that gave us electrolytes and supplements to get us through the race so i was lucky to have a lot of the logistical things covered you know to keep the cost off of everybody because we, we wanted i'm asking them to do take time away from their family burn their own vacation time at the fire department or do a trade 
so that way we can make this happen. So I wanted to make it convenient on people. So there was a lot of legwork that went into making sure that they didn't have to pay a lot out of their pocket. On top of any money we raised, we wanted to maximize our profits for the yawns. So once we got all that situated, um, got the hotels, we also had um, engineer Joel Privet. He was our liaison with the family and we kept them in the loop the whole time, but we never told them exactly what we were doing with money Okay. Uh, because, you know, we, we wanted it to kind of be uh, a surprise to them how much we were going to make, you know, for them. Right. Um, so they had access to the GoFundMe. Um, they kind of knew that we were doing the fill the shoe, um, but they didn't know how much we got from the fill the shoe. They didn't know about the other anonymous donor. And so we wanted that special reaction at the finish line. And they also didn't know that we were going to put cash in their pocket to uh, help them get down to North Charleston, pay for their entire weekend in Charleston, and then send them home with a big check. Um, we wanted that element of surprise for them. So that was all leading up to the race. Um, and then on race day, all of my nerves at least kind of settled. You know, my job was done at that point. I mm -hmm. spent uh, a good amount of time on this, and I know a lot of other people did as well um, to make this thing happen. And when did we start that? On race day, it was, uh, I believe, it was November. I didn't sign up for the race though, so it didn't actually come into fruition until December thirteenth. I think was the exact <clears> date because I reached out to the race director, the Malik series, and Brian is an awesome guy to work with. He uh, I told him what we were doing, what our cause was, and he gave us a hefty discount. So we had oh, to pay $1,300 nice. up front for the entry fee. And what a lot of that does is logistics. You know, they have a lot of volunteers that help out, but there's, they got to pay for permits. They have to pay for all these different things. So he was able to give us the base price of what he could take. That way he can keep the event functioning and successful. Um, and that was December 13th, whenever I had started this process officially. So in a little less than, I guess, a little over three months, and we made this happen. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Um, so race day is here. Uh, I'm sure yeah. some people's nerves are, you know, jumping up and down. Some people are cool, calm, collective. Uh, so I'll turn it to uh, Crabtree. Um, what was your experience like? Well, all right, I'll start off by saying before we shipped out, we all met up and um, at logistics, mm -hmm. at our logistics, at Moore's Logistics, at the FTC training center, um, and kind of just hung out for a little bit and kind of talked a little bit about what's to come, what to be looking out for. And yeah, there was a little nerves there, but I think the the feeling in the circle was just like ready to get after it because of the cause. Like I know that changed, that flipped a switch for me. Uh, we went and stayed at Lexington fire department that night before the morning of the race okay. and had a great time with those guys that thank them so much for letting us stay and letting us take over their pretty much their bay to stay. And that was awesome. Um, we hung out that night and, uh, enjoyed ourselves. And, <laughs> That next morning came pretty early, but 
<laughs> man, once Captain Mellington got after it, it was go time from there. Okay. Um, I'm not a runner. I do my fair share of weight training and um, some high intensity stuff, but no distance running in my past. Okay. So that was a little, little bit of a change. Um, started to notice some things around like the second leg. I was like, all right, so going to have to do at incorporate running into my workout plan a little more because it's, it's a totally different beast, mm-hmm. but it's 10 out of 10 recommend, especially for the calls for carrying the kids. Um, and just, just experience with the camaraderie, with the guys and, uh, everybody putting together and putting out and just doing way better than everyone expected. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they were at this, say they were at a level three and they push it to five each leg they ran. It was like they increasingly gotten better. And it was just awesome to see. And everybody's dog tired and van smelled terrible. But <laughs> it was, it was so, it was just, you know, I mean, it's that brotherhood, you know, it was great. Right. right. So I, I respected every a- aspect of it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Captain Dunford, your experience. Yes. Yeah, so kind of like what Crabtree said, just being a part of the crew and everything was really fun. I mean, Scott, came to me and he's like, Hey, you want to do this 200 mile race? I was like, don't sign me up for one of these challenges again. <laughs> but, uh, when he told me it was for yawn, you know, it was something I wanted to jump on and, and I run a little bit, but it's nothing too crazy. Right. Um, so I had to step that up a little bit. Um, but it was all for the calls and I think it was easy to get on board. Uh, as far as the runs, I mean, I felt like they went good, and like Crabtree said, people did a lot better than we anticipated. Um, I think Scott gave me a time, and I was like, "Dang, I'm gonna have to, mm-hmm. gonna have to get after it." But <laughs> yeah. I mean, once we started running, and once we started running, you get in that groove. Catch stride. You know, phenomenal. Um, it's kind of my second leg was like I think I started at two fifteen in the morning, so that was a little different. Okay, yeah, night, yeah, yeah. Running by yourself and nothing but a headlamp, and it's like, this is kind of crazy, but, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, we all crossed the finish line at the same time, and that was pretty neat to be there with the family and everything. Okay. All what right. was the time, the time that we, because do you know Captain Smith or Engineer Hawk, do you know what time we actually yep. saved, took off? Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, I'll kind of go back a little bit on that with what Jordan said. As these guys are talking, they're kind of jarring my memory on some of the other things. Um, so the way it works is they had a spreadsheet, right? And I put people in there, whether it was van one or van two, and I gave each person three legs. And the the big runners, um, we took the big mile. And then the other ones, again, the smaller mile. And I called each individual person and said, give me your average pace. This is what I think you should be at. And like what Captain Dunford is talking about, I think, I don't remember, it was 8.45 or nine-minute pace for, you know, he had 24 miles. And so he was like, all right, I'll do it for you, you know. Um, and our total time, we were supposed to finish at 2.05 p.m. on Saturday. And we ended up finishing at 12.23 p.m. So we cut over an hour and a half, close to hour, 40 minutes off of our time um, because we were all amped up and, you know, we were, we were doing it for the cause. 
So mm-hmm. it gave us a big motivation to push our bodies to the absolute extreme. And it was kind of awesome to see because there were some people that were hesitant on the times that I gave them. And then they come out there and absolutely freaking crush it. And it was, it was pretty rewarding to see that everybody stepped up even beyond what they thought they could do. Right. All right. Uh, each, each one of us just, we set a goal in mind. Like, like for instance, if, if Scott had an eight minute mile that he put in the spreadsheet, he went out there and crushed it at seven and a half minute mile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was fun to do and, and try to beat that goal. And, and we just kept pushing. Which I'm sure yeah. is, isn't, isn't easy to, but the cause, the, the reason behind it, I'm sure is what kept a lot of you guys like, no, I can do this because you know, your brain's going to tell you, Hey, I'm tired. And you can be like, all right, I'm oh, tired. Yeah. I'm going to slow down. But yeah. So on That's top of the that, weather, you know, go ahead. ahead. Now you're good, but go ahead. All right. So on, on top of that, like to talk about the, how tired we were, you know, we, our van was pretty fortunate. We didn't have the heat as much towards the later runs like Captain Smith and uh senior firefighter Crabtrees. They were kind of the tail ends of that first van. So the heat was starting to come. Well then van two, man, they, they had to crush it in like 80 degree weather. And if you're mm-hmm. not a runner, then you don't know what 80 degrees does to you. It is a total game changer, especially right. we've been training in 50 degree weather, 40 degree weather. And then all of a sudden on race day, it's 80 degrees. So you have to stay hydrated the best you can on top of sleeping in a van or going to a park and taking a quick cat nap and then getting right back out there. Like Captain Dumper said at 2:15 in the morning and going to run eight, nine miles. And when you're on three, four hours of sleep in two days, Right. Right. Is it just me or I, I feel like this is the consensus of the whole entire group that ran like it went extremely fast. Like, I, I don't feel yeah, I, I, I feel like, fast. yeah, it was crazy to like see y'all putting out numbers because like my my top number was only like six point three. But to see people were putting out eights, tens, what was the top was a twelve, something like that, maybe the top end of a mile. Do you know offhand? Uh, my, the longest leg was 11 miles, just shy of 11 miles. Okay. So it's like even then it seemed like racers were – runners were getting in the van and then going to the next leg. And it was just this constant leapfrog of going to that next leg. And we never stopped moving. That was crazy to me. So this race pretty much what, what you just said, Justin, when – once it started, it didn't stop until you off – Exactly. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah, it was split between those two vans, and I'll let um, Engineer Hawk and Captain Smith talk more because they've done it before and they've seen it. But yeah, it was crazy for a new new guy like myself mm-hmm. to experience that fast pace, you know, leg to leg. It was crazy. Okay. Yeah. So the it's it's really neat. It's a cool setup. Um, it's a good team building thing. Um, so a quick background of the, the race itself. It's a 200-plus mile. I think it was 208 or 211 or something like that, to be exact. But it, in a nutshell, goes from Columbia, South Carolina, to Charleston. And uh, you can have teams from anywhere from – there were teams that had five people. There were teams that have nine. And then we had a team of 12. 
So each van had six uh, runners. We did have a couple logistic uh, folks in there that really were great support and in driving us, telling us where to go, what time we need to be there, how we were improving our time. But each van had six runners. And yeah, basically when Captain Bart, he started it Friday morning at six o'clock in the morning and it didn't stop until 12, what do you say, 1230-ish on yep. Friday or yep. sorry, Saturday. Saturday. So you, you run six legs in a row with van one and then van two runs the next six. And then that gives the opportunity for van one to take a quick rest, hydrate, get a bite to eat. And then as soon as they're done on van two, you take over on leg 13 and you do the next six. So it's a nonstop through the night. Um, we were lucky-ish with weather. Mm -hmm. It wasn't raining. It wasn't storming. So it's running through the night, through all weather, and it's just nonstop until uh, Joel Joel finished it up at the finish line there in Charleston. Okay. Cool. Okay. So, uh, oh, so Joel was actually one of the runners too. Joel yeah. finished. Yeah, he yeah. he did the last leg, so that was pretty neat. To the last him with being the laser at the uh -huh. end one, and uh, he was the he was uh, Captain Yon's engineer at the time of his passing. Mm -hmm. So. Um, it was a good honor for him to to finish and bring it up, and he's he's one of those ones that wasn't a runner, right? Yep. And that finish that last leg was in midday, sunny weather, and he ran seven plus seven miles. miles. So he, yeah. he, everybody stepped it up. Okay, at a good pace too. Oh yeah, he he kept up nines. Was it nine nine thirty something like that? If I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, he was in like the nine thirties. Uh, okay. And that was, that was the thing when I approached Joel about this. So Joel came in a little later um, mm -hmm. in the ball game. We had someone with an injury back out, and Joel says, "Man, I wish I would have known about this. You know, I, I probably would have joined in." I said, "Well, it's perfect timing because I got one spot, and it's calling your name." So he mm -hmm. said, "Oh goodness! All right, well I'm in." And then it was about a month before our race, and I talked to a few people, um, and we all thought that. Joel was the best for that last leg. Yeah, it would be right. the most impactful and powerful um, for him to finish it out because, you know, at the time of Captain Young's passing, he was the rock for the family between the family and the fire department. Um, and I just thought it would be a special moment for not only him, but the Young family. As I said earlier, the Yons were there at the finish line. That was mm -hmm. the biggest reason we did this was to give them a break from life. You know, the money was pretty awesome to, to raise all that. But our biggest thing was we wanted to get them away from life for a weekend and just enjoy each other's presence, enjoy some time with us as we finished. Um, and they took that to another level. They came out, uh, they left Mooresville around 8 p.m. And they drove three hours and met us in the middle of a forest to cheer us on while we were on our break. And then went and caught up with Van too. So that just made it, it made it such a special weekend. And uh, I was appreciative that that they were even thinking of us when we were trying to do this for them. But they were still putting us, you know, first. Um. So you said four. So I'm assuming this race it's not just on regular asphalt, like through the streets, or is it like where exactly are you running? 
It's good. Mostly through the streets. Uh, I think okay. Sigmund, Engineer Sigmund, had one dirt road. Uh, okay. There might be a couple like dirt cutoffs, but it's mostly, mm-hmm. you know, it's roads that are, are on. We have one video um, of my first leg. It's seven something in the morning. And these van one guys, they had got there early and it's a pretty busy highway. And they saw this girl uh, trying to cross over this road. And it took her, I can, Captain Smith could tell you better because he was there probably like five minutes to cross. Well, you know how firemen are. They uh, went and shut down the road when I came up to it and I crossed right over. But we had to be very careful on some of these roads we were running because they can't shut them completely down. Right. That was the, the logistical thing that was great about the Malik series. They did have police officers driving around to slow traffic down, but they couldn't shut down over 200 miles worth of road. Yeah. So yeah. They, we had to be pretty uh, conscientious of our surroundings while we're running out there. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. That's awesome right there. Um. Captain Smith, your experience, because, I mean, I know you're not new to this, but, you know, I'm sure at some point it, it, it got a little tough running. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm not as big of a runner as I once was, but uh, it still was a good challenge to to lead up. There was even leading up to we as a group, uh, we were meeting two nights a week if you could make it. We would run as a group to train, okay. Um, and it was set up to where you could run a couple miles, or you could run as, as long as you wanted, eight, ten miles. Um, so that was a that's a that was a good uh, good thing we had going for everybody. Um, but the experience itself, it's to me, it's it's really it's humble, it's fun, it's tough, it's challenging because. It's not that normal you go out for a five or eight or eight. some of us had 10 miles and then you you stretch and mm-hmm. then you get to hydrate and then you rest for a day and then you might go run a little bit more to recover the next day. It's you run. I had two eight miles and a, and a five mile. So I run eight miles and we'd get in a van and you're crammed up in that van for the next several hours. It's not really a stretch or waiting you have to basically have to get in the van you have to hop on and crabtree i handed off to crabtree a couple times so you you got to catch up and 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 get him at his next stop so he can receive the we we really had a slap bracelet that we passed along and that was another cool thing that Mm -hmm. who come up with that scott the patch it it was eric massa and joel so Massa, Massa was one of our logistic guys who, who drove Van One the entire time. Uh, plus we had uh, Zach Fallon, who was a logistics guy, and Justin Butler, who drove Van Two the entire time. But they came up with that. So we had the slap bracelet that was through the race series that we passed along to each runner. But another cool thing is, is Massa came up with, we took a fire department patch and that also went the 200 plus miles with each runner. Um, okay. And, and sweaty hands, sweaty. That uh, thing was nasty. <laughs> it was nasty. <laughs> Wristbands or their their music bands. It was it was wherever you could stuff it and hang on to it, but it made it the 200 mile journey that we also presented. I know they're going to make a nice little uh, plaque for the family along with that patch. 
So that was another cool thing. It's just the experience itself is I would even enjoy doing it every year. Yeah, I agree. Runners and it's just cool to have that bond. It's not, it's kind of like being at the firehouse, but you're going through that pain and you're, you're suffering through the training leading up to, and just the camaraderie that you get and build. It's, it's really cool experience. And I would, and whether if you're a runner or not, it's something that's definitely uh, if you're up for the challenge to to try it out for sure. Okay, uh, Scott, your your experience. Even though I, I know you you know you do ultra runs on the side, but still your experience. Yeah. Um, so my experience is a little different. I was a kind of a stress bucket up front. So when it came time to just run, oh man, I, I was in heaven. Um, it was a release of energy for me and I've done a few tough runs, but this one was very challenging. Um, mostly keeping your emotions in check. Uh, you, you got these guys absolutely crushing their miles and putting in just maximum effort and seeing how dog tired we are. It, it takes a, a toll on you emotionally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so keeping you, at least for me, keeping my emotions in check was, was, pretty tough um i got pretty lucky with my first leg it was nice and cool uh, i think it was like 10.6 miles or something like that um and i had the guys cheering me on several times throughout it go to my second leg and the awesome part about an event like this is if you can kind of get paired up with somebody so captain smith on his first like we we had these navy cadets out there running this race and captain smith was adamant on he was going to keep that <laughs> in sight and he was going to beat that cadet to the next leg that was his goal well i had I a did. similar situation yeah, yeah he did that's beat right. him. <laughs> i passed right, him at the brother. end that's right brother yeah <laughs> so uh my second leg i had a very similar encounter um I had started right after this guy and I'm, I set my pace at eight thirty was my goal pace. And this dude was crushing it. We're running seven thirty miles. And like what Captain Smith talked about earlier, you know, we could go run 10 miles really fast and then go home, sleep, recover, and then maybe mm-hmm. go run eight to 10 the next day. But we have four or five hours. Some of us had a little longer, like my second leg was probably eight hours until my next run. But to have that push from somebody else, uh, really helped me. And he's pushing 730 miles. I'm trying to keep up with this guy. And then I I just kept telling myself, like, I want everything out of my body by the time I'm there, because that's what the aunts deserve. They deserve my 110% effort. I don't care how bad I hurt. I'll get to go sit in the van for four or five hours and recover. But I'm giving everything I possibly can at this point. Um, and I got to talking with that cadet. And it, it was a pretty neat encounter and experience, because we got to, to meet other people out there that and we got to share our story and share why we were doing it. And uh, people, they loved it, you know, because they saw the family, the brotherhood that the fire department has. And, you know, we had a pretty awesome group and a very infectious group that went. So anybody that got around us, they, they couldn't help but be extremely proud and excited uh, to have an encounter with us throughout this race. So that was my experience of controlling the emotions it was a constant having to try and control my emotions and the physicality part so i took on a few uh 
extra logistical things. And I had just finished my last leg. We went and had a big breakfast, and we said we're going to go cheer on these, these last guys. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, it'd be cool to have a video of Captain Dunford going over the bridge. And I kind of asked people, and they're like, I'm not doing it. I said, whatever, I'll, I'll go I'll go chase him. <laughs> I went up to him. I said, what's your time? Like, what's your pace? Because for those that don't know, the Cooper Bridge is uh, two and a half miles long, uh-huh. and it is – Straight uphill and then straight downhill. Right, right. And and I had I had already finished all my legs. I'm tired and I said, "What's your pace?" He said, nine minutes." All right, I got that. I can muster up two and a half miles at nine minute pace. And he got his adrenaline going, and you know, for the cause. And we're sitting there running an eight eighteen pace up this bridge. Uh, <laughs> and that was that was pretty cool to see. And then Joel finishing it off was super special for me, at least. Um, and I know everyone else. Um, because I I had a lot of conversations with Joel, you know, since I was kind of the lead on all of this and a little more experienced than others in long distance running, they kind of came to me for some advice on nutrition, on training plans, um, and things like that. Well, Joel and I have had a lot of conversations over uh, leading up to this race. So it was very special for me. I ran back about a half mile to be with him and cheer him on and finish it out with him. But that, that was the ultimate kicker for me was seeing how tough that dude was in the brutal heat. Uh, he had never ran seven miles before uh, he ran one seven mile training run. But before that, he had never ran seven miles. And to see that tough dude finish, that's what my emotions got me. And yeah. I let, let loose a little bit. Yeah, no, that's because, I mean, you know, you, you're asking somebody to go from zero to 100, like, hey, I need you to do this in a day. Like, that, that is no easy task for sure, because not everybody is a runner. Not everybody wants to run those type of miles. Right. Yep. And you know me, I'm going to – I push buttons, and I'm going to try and talk you into something you probably don't want to do. Like what <laughs> Captain Dumper said earlier, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach you yeah. some challenge and you're going to be like, no, absolutely not. But then once you find out the cause or the reasons, then you, you kind of get suckered in. And then I push you, push your buttons even more. Uh, no, that's awesome. Um, so how did all the runners that part took that partake in this? Did they, was it all like an equal amount of legs to run or was it, was it different for everybody? Different. Yes. Uh, everyone had three legs. Um, okay but they were all they all varied in length okay mm-hmm. okay all right that was yeah people process. like so people like uh engineer hawk captain smith captain dumford captain ellingson which let's just throw this out there captain ellingson 47 years old he's stud. a stud fucking stud excuse <laughs> my french but no you're good awesome. you're good there's no uh yeah. no there's yeah. no uh so like I, I do want to make no make note of that. Like we had one, two, three, and then if you wanted to factor these two dads in here, Captain Smith and Captain Dunford, that were they're not old, but they're getting up in an age where yeah. it's like when you're pushing that 15, 20 mile the range, you know, it's like and you don't train for that, it's terrible, it's hard on your body, man. So to see them go out there and get after it, I'm sure it fueled me. And I can only imagine it fueled the other younger guys like myself. But it was just – I got to make note of that because it was truly impressive to see some of these guys 
I'm not sure off ahead what he had, but it had to be 20 plus miles that he ran. 22. So, 22. Yeah, 22. And and this is uh, Captain Ellingson. Captain Ellingson, yeah. Uh, okay. And uh, we're not talking about 10 minute pace either. We're talking about sevens, eights. Yeah, he was under eight. I'm pretty sure on all of them. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he put, there's uh. He put seven thirty, seven forties, and then eight twenty. I believe were all his pictures somewhere in there. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's awesome. Wow. Um. Oh, I do have a question. So, uh, I, I know with all the logistics and stuff, how did y'all go to the bathroom? Because I know when I run a lot, man, I gotta go to, I gotta find a bathroom. So. <laughs> There's, I, you there's know, woods. I, there's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of the one cool thing is is like all the pit stops or the the changeovers or whatever you want to call them. Most of them were at churches or um, other like community centers or things of such. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those were really cool. To I mean, they'd be a church in the middle of nowhere, and they'd be out there at midnight with food and coffee and their building was mm-hmm. open for, for restrooms. So that was neat to see the community all, all throughout um, South Carolina to come and, and be a part of the, the journey. There was 50 some teams, so we weren't the only ones out there, but yeah. it was really neat to see those places. Okay. Uh, any, uh, you yeah. mentioned other teams or were any of the teams, other fire departments or anything? I don't no. think so. No, okay. I don't think so. I think I seen there was one band that had like some EMS people in it, and then you had the Navy guys. But as far as like fire and police, I think we were the only one. Okay. A lot of groups are that F three. Okay. Groups, and then um, I can't remember. There's a group of a female group that's similar to F three, but I can't remember the what they call themselves. And F3, the, that's the faith, family, and, and fellowship. fitness. Fellowship. fellowship. Fitness. Okay. Okay. I didn't know which one it was. Yeah. Faith, fitness. You think, you think it'd be fitness. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Cool. Um, is there anything else any of y'all want to say? Like, you know, it's, it's time if, if, if you want to, so, whatever you got to, you know, get off your chest. I think one thing I would like to say, um, you know, we did this for the on family. We did this for, God rest his soul, Captain Yon, but we did this for caring the kids. And um, it's extremely important for us to build that camaraderie for them and to surround them with that. Um, but if anybody out there ever has the opportunity to do that with their fellow firefighters, it's beyond nothing. Like, I mean, you need to go and do it, experience it at least, because it'll, it'll show you a whole new level and eyesight to the guys that you surround yourself with and how much they're willing to push their self when they're around good people too. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So like, but uh, what you're saying is like being positive. It's, it's contagious. It is. It is, man. It makes me want to do more. Um, like I said, I wasn't a runner beforehand, but mm-hmm. doing that little bit of running kind of gives you a little itch. So, okay. And it's it's probably due to the fact that you're around such good guys that are doing the same thing, and you know most of them aren't really runners. Mm-hmm. But then again, it shows you that the guys that you 
or with at the fire department every third day want to put out too. You know, everybody gets complacent in the firehouse and it's so easy. It's a, it's a disease. It's an infection. You know, you can sit on the couch and you could be a fat ass or you can actually get out there with the boys in the morning and grind out and it builds that relationship and that camaraderie. So. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Captain Dumford. No, I'm good. I mean, just like Crabtree <laughs> said, I mean, you, you see what the guys are willing to put in to, you know, make the team better. So it was an awesome thing to be a part of. All right. Uh, Captain Smith. Yeah. I will second everyone. It was a, it's a great experience. It's something uh, that we've all built that bond that well, it's continuing even throughout. I mean, we still got a group text that somebody responded to, I think yesterday. So it's, <laughs> it's a bond that we've built together. And at the end of the day, it was for the family. It was cool to, to begin the journey together. And then in North Charleston, we, we all finished together and crossed the finish line together as a group. Uh, and to have the family there and, and take a picture and, and be able to present what we were able to present um, and support the family uh, was, was really awesome, for sure. All right. Scott, you got anything? Yeah, kind of adding on to what they've already said. Um, being a fire service, you know, it is a brotherhood and a sisterhood. And along with Crabtree was talking about, it's good to see people going out and giving max effort and it's infectious and contagious or whatever other word you want to use for that. But the other cool thing about it is we got people from all three ships that we don't necessarily work with day to day. And Good we point. might not know each other that well. And we might not spend a lot of time with each other and we might be at different stations. So it was kind of neat to see that that side of people whenever we don't get to experience it as often. So getting that camaraderie along the way was impactful for you know how much we're growing in Mooresville we might mm -hmm. be on a truck with somebody before long and we kind of know what what kind of person they are and the other thing is with all the positive attitudes we had and our contagious attitudes and upbeat attitudes it takes just one person to influence you know mm -hmm. if I can be a positive influence for one person and they go influence three people and then they go influence five people there's already nine people that I've influenced by just doing one person. So having that attitude with that positivity with these guys in that van and continuing it on at the firehouse and bringing these new guys in and even some of the older guys that like Crabtree said, getting complacent, like you have that infectious attitude, that, that positive, upbeat spirit. That's how we can keep progressing in the fire service and building that brotherhood and that bond. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's preaching there. I have to second that. That's great. Um, so the goal, the ultimate goal at the end was, I believe it was 10,000? Yeah. Uh, wow. I guess I didn't really talk about that today. <laughs> you know, so. you're fine. You're fine. So I just would just want everybody to know. So the, the goal was 10,000. Are you are, are you able to tell us what, what the final tally was with, with everything that was um, done to raise money? Yes, I don't have an exact dollar because that's fine. Uh, you can you can round it up. Yeah, another cool thing was when people on the course found out about what we were doing, they'd come hand us a hundred dollar bill 
you know, they, each one of them would empty their pockets with 20s. So there was a, there was a ton of cash that was given to the families that was oh, dur- not really accounted for. During the race. Yeah, during like the running, race. Yeah, during, oh yeah, they were handing us into our vans. Um, oh. And so, yeah, we, we, like I said, infectious. We were contagious throughout this whole thing. And people saw our motive and our mission and they were appreciative and we were appreciative that they jumped on and, and donated right then. But ultimately, uh, at the end of the day, it was, Probably around seventeen thousand five hundred dollars or, or better. Um, wow. Okay, I don't know about the cash. Right. No, that's awesome. On that's top awesome. of on top of all of the other donations we got, you know, the mm. two vans, the hotel rooms. So in reality, yeah. we raised close to twenty one, twenty two thousand dollars for this event in three months. Yeah, that's saying something right there. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I want to read a couple names of individuals. So if, if I'm missing somebody, let me know. So, but I, I definitely, I'm, I'm going to give a shout out. So um, the uh, we'll start with the police department. I, I don't know his first name, but I know it was officer Compton, correct? Jordan. Yep. All right. So you had Jordan Compton running with us, but he's on the PD side. Mm-hmm. Uh, our personnel. Um, so it's Skyhawk, Bart Ellingson, Russell Smith, Jordan Dumford, Justin Sigmund, Sean J. Holcomb, Nicholas Aliato, Eli Joy, Carl Ruggiero, and Joel Prevett. Mm-hmm. Am I missing any, any any runners? Justin Crabtree. That's right. Yep, yep. Justin Crabtree. <laughs> My bad. Uh, it's all su- good, brother. <laughs> the support team, Zach Fallon, Justin Butler, Eric Massa. And I'm going to add these two because I saw their picture that they decorated the van. And that's Talitha Vega yeah. and Anna Saxton, our two new yeah. firefighters we hired. Um, Which was, was allowed us to bleed out. I mean, they had a QR code made and I mean, people were doing yeah, definitely. And we all had our shirts made. Um, so we wore this and everybody, every runner wore it at all times. So it was really the, the van art helped big time as well. Okay. So, Hey, I'm going to hit on something real quick and I'll be done. Um, I found this out recently, like I, maybe a shift or two ago or something like that, but, uh, Tally Talitha. Mm-hmm. So apparently her vehicle broke down leading up to that, to come to the FTC to paint. I mean, to do the artwork and she actually Ubered to the FTC to actually make that happen. That's awesome. So, so I mean it's pretty it's pretty cool and that that wasn't the first time I mean she's been having some car trouble but she's she's awesome like I'll give her credit where credit's due because her first shift she packed her little buggy and <laughs> walked her ass from her house off McNeely to Station One for her first assignment wow. because her car broke down and then when she got there we we kind of gave her shit about it because we we're like you got our numbers you could have called. Damn. I mean, so she yeah. pretty much she she backdraft her first shift. Yeah. In which I don't yeah, even well. know if she's gonna get the reference, but Tally, you need to watch backdraft yeah. if you don't get what I'm saying. Truth. <laughs> no, awesome. Hey, awesome. Next year we can run raise money for her car. Hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. there's the, there's the Dumford witty I was waiting for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, they just come to me sometimes. No, that's that's, that's, yeah. that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, I also want to thank um, Chief uh, Chief Kurt Deaton for allowing us and his command staff and the town of Morsel. I'm sure you guys had to go through 
probably so much red tape to get this done, but yeah, y'all were, y- y'all were able to get it done. Yeah, I'm going to uh, give a couple of quick shout-outs. Uh, Chief Deaton and the staff, they made part of our fundraising happen with the field of shoot. They were able to work with the town manager and make it happen with the finance department. Without them, you know, we wouldn't have been able to raise as much money as we did. Um, Lake Norman's volunteer fire department stepped up and they donated or purchased our T-shirts for us. Um, Empire Racing, AM Racing, they donated the bands. Um, so without the community stepping up, we couldn't have raised that $17,000 for the family. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah, good things. Good things. Uh, I'm, I'm glad uh, I kind of did this episode. When I found out everything that was going on, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to get – I know it's impossible to get all these guys and girls on because everybody works different shifts. But I, I wanted this to be heard for the department. So because not everybody knows what went into getting this done. Some people think it's very easy to get something like this done, but I'm sure logistic wise, communication wise, it was a nightmare. But I just wanted everyone to hear what y'all did to do this for the Yon family, for sure. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much, Danny. Yes, no, no, you you guys are are great. Um, uh, Hopefully next year, if, if you guys decide to do this again, for whatever reason, maybe just like a yearly thing or something, you know, definitely get some other people involved, myself included. I'm not a big runner. I don't like to run anything more than four or five miles tops, but hearing everybody just talking about, hey, man, we just push through, that, that's that's what it's all about. When you don't want to finish something or you don't want to quit, you just want to keep going to not let mm-hmm. anyone else down. So, all right, cool. Yes, sir. Good, Good deal. Well, appreciate I appreciate, it, brother. appreciate you having y'all on. Thank you for your time. And uh, I'm sure yeah, the, the listeners are going to love hearing this one. Hell yeah. I appreciate it, Danny. Yep. Yep. Y'all be good. Yeah, be safe. You, man. Have a good Thank one. Thank you. Bye. See ya.